Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Most of you listening in share the belief that discipleship of our children is a really important part of our job description. It makes me sad, though, that for many, how that looks practically seems like a mystery. Well, today's podcast will go a long way toward shattering that mystery as Katie J. Trent and I talk all about some really practical ways to make family discipleship fun. And the best part is that we'll talk about how you can do that through many of your favorite activities, whatever they may be. Katie J. Trent puts the fun back into the fundamentals of family discipleship. She's the best-selling author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families, and Recipes for a Sweet Child, Creative Bible-Based Activities to Help Your Family Thrive. She's also the founder of Family Faith-Building Academy, an eight-week digital family discipleship course for Christian parents, as well as being a popular blogger and speaker who infuses faith and fun to build strong families. You're going to enjoy hearing from Katie today as she brings her counseling background into the forefront and gives us some great ideas for discipleship in the everyday activities of our families. Before we dive in, though, since I haven't mentioned it for a while, I wanted to make sure that you know about my newest book, Heart School. Heart School addresses how amazing parents use homeschooling to build strong families where children can excel academically. And it encourages parents to focus on what truly matters, our children's hearts. Inside, you'll learn practical strategies that are easy to implement and will bring immense changes to your family. This method of homeschooling will help you teach more while reducing stress and overwhelm, and it will strengthen all the relationships within your home. If you're a Christian parent desiring to raise children who love God, and who are prepared to walk through whatever door he opens for them in the days ahead, Heart School is for you. You can get your own copy of Heart School for only $5 when you visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book. I also want to tell you about one of the great organizations that we partner with because today they are sponsoring the podcast The Voice of the Martyrs is a nonprofit missions organization that serves persecuted Christians in the world's most difficult and dangerous places to follow Christ. In partnership with Teach Them Diligently, VOM is offering all of you a free global prayer guide. This full-color prayer guide with summaries of the restricted nations and hostile areas where VOM works will help you pray more specifically for persecuted Christians. Visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM to request your free copy of VOM's Global Prayer Guide today. Then, with this partnership, we've created a vignette in our weekly Sunday night email called Taste and See. Every Sunday night, we are giving you a really a geography type exercise that you can do with your family to help you pray strategically for these areas that VOM is serving and drawing attention to, while also getting great recipes and activities to help your children experience what life would kind of get a taste of what life would be like there. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM to get your free prayer guide 
then start looking for that taste and see section in our weekly Sunday night email so that you and your family can use this tool as a great discipleship moment every single week. Now, won't you join me in welcoming Katie J. Trent to the podcast today? Hey, you guys, welcome back. I'm excited to talk today about family discipleship, but really about how we can make that fun. So I'm joined today by Katie J. Trent, who has been on the podcast before, very excited to have her back. And we're going to be looking at not just the whys, why family discipleship, why, you know, should we even try to make it fun? How can we possibly do that? But then we're going to look at some tools to make that really feasible and accessible. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Leslie. I'm excited to be back with you. I just love spending time chatting with you. Well, thank you. The feeling is mutual, I assure you. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about really yourself and kind of how did you get this vision, this mission for encouraging families, you know, with regard to discipleship and so on? Yeah, so I actually have a background in social work, clinical social work. So I've spent a number of years counseling children and families and teens. And I spent a year as an elementary school counselor in a public school before the Lord convicted me of homeschooling. And we switched our lives around and I began homeschooling, but still had such a burden for families. My husband and I have been in ministry as well for over 15 years. He's pastored and we've church planted and done so much. So we're around families a lot. And we have such a heart to see families build a strong biblical foundation and flourish because we see the fruit of what happens when they don't. And so, you know, through this journey, I started writing books and creating resources. And as I walked that journey with the Lord, he just began to inspire me with how to do it in a way that would connect with kids. You know, we've all seen the research. We know that as many as up to 88% of kids raised in Christian homes who regularly attend church, still leave the faith as an adult. And so I've spent so many hours in prayer saying, Lord, where is the gap? What are we missing? How can we do this better? And that's really where all of this was birthed. Yeah, those statistics, those realities that you alluded to drive us as well. It's just we can't allow these things to stand. We have got to start standing in the gap and really encouraging and equipping families to, you know, build those deeper relationships, make sure they're passing on their faith in a very intentional way. And that's God's plan for us. You know, as we look throughout God's word, we see faith being passed down from generation to generation intentionally, but it's a very natural thing. So I'd love for you to kind of address that. How does discipleship, it's so mystified sometimes. People, you know, build it up. It's like, I don't know how to do this. But Really, you kind of do. So what does that look like in your world? Yeah, so I think for me, realizing that I didn't just have to go through like those religious routines, I think sometimes we can get so fixated on, we have to read our Bible, we have to do devotions, we have to do prayer, you know, and we make it this to-do list instead of really opening our eyes to the beauty of creation all around us and how intimately we can build a relationship with Jesus and how interwoven Everything the Bible teaches us really is to our days. You know, my heart is to teach my kids that the Bible has a solution for every problem we face. 
And if we'll look at it in that way and we'll look around and see God in everything, then discipleship is no longer just, you know, things that we're checking off, but it's just a natural outflow of our life. It's in our conversations. It's in our day-to-day activities. It's in our wonder. It's in our homeschool. It's in our interactions with others. I mean, you can't escape it. It becomes just this beautiful relationship everywhere. It does. We talk about it a lot as those in-between times. Our ministry is based off of Deuteronomy 6. It talks about teach them diligently as you walk, as you talk, as you, you know, go about your house, that extent, as you're in the car, as you're doing laundry, as you're in the grocery store, as you're playing games outside, as you're taking a hike. All of those in-between times give parents and children amazing opportunities to just relate to one another, just to do life together. And that is really, truly the best platform for passing on your faith. And honestly, that's why homeschooling is so effective because it gives you so many more of those moments. You're absolutely right. And that scripture, I think every parent needs to memorize it and absorb it and just recognize that that is how we're meant to disciple. We don't have to have a degree in theology. We don't have to do all the things. We just need to cultivate those conversations and allow those moments with our kids to point them to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I was, you know, you have a lot of really unique experience with not only your background in counseling and working in a school system, working in church planning and that sort of thing. The Lord has given you a great background to talk to families and to invest in them. Now, what do you say to families who are really struggling with how to build these kind of really discipleship focused relationships with their kids? Honestly, just a deep relationship with their kids at all on which discipleship can be built. You know, I'd say that it just starts with today. It starts with connecting. It takes just a few moments. You know, sometimes we all get busy, right? Super busy. And there's so many things. But if we'll just take a few moments in a day to have a conversation, whether it's that, you know, we read a passage from the Bible that we want to talk about, or we see something in the world that we can make a connection point for our kids, or we have a struggle, right? Like something has gone wrong and we take that moment to just have that conversation. If we'll just take those moments to start trying, the Lord is so faithful to give us the words that we need and to give us the wisdom when we ask him for it, for how to navigate that with our kids. So I think it just comes from a willingness and a surrender of us to say, I'm going to surrender my day. I'm going to surrender these moments to the Lord and I'm willing to start the conversation. So whether you, you know, are far into your journey with your kids and they're older or they're young, to just start asking questions and taking the time to listen and hear their sweet little hearts and help them with wherever they're at. And I think it also comes to letting them know that we're human too. Oftentimes when we're discipling, we end up elevating ourselves as if like we know everything and we're what they're striving toward. But when our kids see that we are human and we're walking this out right alongside them, that pressure comes off. It's not about performance. It's not about behavior modification. It's really that we're transforming our life as we walk with Jesus and become more like him. And we're doing it together. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Amen, amen, amen. I couldn't agree more. We talk a lot about how yeah, as we look in our rearview mirror and see our kids growing up, a lot of times our mistakes, our coming to them and saying, hey, I was wrong. God has really convicted me about this. That has opened 
some of the biggest doors for discipleship. And it also sets, kind of sets a precedent, sets a tone for your home of humility and authentic, you know, a confession in that way and forgiveness and all of these things. And it is just a very natural modeling for those that are kind of coming up behind you. They already know that you fell. They know you're, they know what you're struggling with probably as well as you do. So bringing them into how God is working in your own life provides an amazing opportunity to help them either avoid falling into those same habits or pitfalls or to just see how God's word is quick and powerful and it is relevant to any struggle that you may have. Yes, that's so true. And our kids, the family unit was designed by God for this purpose, to model how we can come together, to model how we should interact with our world and to model how we can grow in relationship with Jesus. And so as the people closest to them, we have such an influence over them and such an opportunity to teach them and to show them what they need to learn and set them up for success as they go into the world and do the same. Yeah, I agree. And I want to make sure that, you know, we're here actually to talk about fun discipleship and, you know, how to actually incorporate this naturally into your life. And so I think that we've definitely laid the foundation. I think people who are listening to this podcast already have a heart for the need of discipleship within their families. But I want you to talk kind of shift gears now. Tell us about some of the tools, some of the ways that just naturally in our day-to-day life, we can engage with our children in ways that are fun and natural, but open doors for great conversations at the same time. Yeah, so I think it starts by just looking at the possibilities around you. Whatever your day holds, there's an opportunity to make that connection. So if you're planting in the garden, you know, you can talk about the parable of the sower. You could talk about prayer. You could talk about so many things. So whatever you're doing in your day, just ask yourself, okay, Holy Spirit, how can I make a connection for my kids? What can I do to start a conversation and just navigate that toward Jesus? Ask a question or wonder aloud, you know, as we start to just do that, our kids will be sharing things that we wouldn't even expect. And then it's looking for how to make it fun. You know, I'll say first off, for those of you listening, I am not a fun mom. I think you need to understand that because there's moms that are definitely fun moms, right? Like they're doing all the things and that is not me. And so I think it's so funny that God has given me these resources and me this platform to share about fun because it doesn't come naturally for me. I'm not the one playing with my kids for hours on end and, you know, doing all those things. I'm not, that's just not me. And so it's something that I've diligently worked at over the years to just allow those connections. So if I'm spending time in the word, I'm looking at how can I show this to my kids in a simplified way, right? A very concrete way. And I think that's how we have to look at it is how can I make this very abstract idea concrete? And Jesus modeled this for us, right? That's why he talked in parables. That's why he gave us those examples. Because when we can visually see it or tangibly feel it, then we make that connection. And when we're doing it as a family and making a beautiful memory together, that's what's going to stick. So our kids are going to look back and remember that because of the moment we had as a family. So taking it beyond just a book to whatever, whether you're cooking, whether you're cleaning, whether you're doing a craft, I mean, whatever you're doing in your day, you can find a way to make that fun. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, and the other thing that I think is really important to mention here is that the fun times, whether they actually have a discipleship hook built into them or not, whether, you know, it could just be you're just having a fun time with your kids. Those fun times actually strengthen relationships, soften hearts, bring down walls so that when there is a natural conversation time, a natural discipleship time, the field is already, you know, ready for you to plant those seeds. So you don't really even have to look at every engagement with your child as having that strictly discipleship hook. Sometimes you're just building and strengthening relationships. You're just having fun or doing something, working side by side with your child because it's the next thing as you do life together. And God uses those moments really profoundly too because it's just tying you closer to your child and giving you a much, much stronger foundation with them and bigger platform for those more, I guess, strategic or deep discussions that will follow at another time. Absolutely, because the stronger your relationship is with your children, the more effective your discipleship would be. So if you're struggling in your relationship, that's got to be the focus. We don't want to hit our kids over the head with the Bible or show them that they're doing things wrong. We want them to know that we love them, that we're for them, and that we will work together with them. And the more that we invest in that relationship, the more open they're going to be to anything we have to say, anything we want to teach, and to model after us. So if they see us doing things and they have a strong relationship with us, they're naturally going to want to imitate those things as well. Right. Well, and if they find something that you love, they're going to want to come in and do that alongside you. It's just, it's a natural thing. It's where mom is most joyful. It is, you know, it makes her happy. I want to be part of that. And so a lot of times God will use those things that are very natural to you to open doors. But I love the way that you noted that being a fun mom was not natural for you. That was something that you really had to work on, finding those lighter ways to engage. Because God is so good to stretch us and pull us and bring us out of our comfort zone. When he gives us a mission, he will give us the ideas that we need. But sometimes it requires us saying, Lord, I'm going to lay down my natural bent here and I'm going to trust that you're going to use something that feels real uncomfortable for me. And he does because he is so good and so faithful in that way. It's so true. And that's why we have to be diligent about building our relationship with God as we're looking at discipling our kids, because if we're not spending that time, we're missing out on the opportunity because no one knows our kids better. No one loves them more. No one is better equipped to help us disciple than Jesus. And so when we spend that time cultivating that relationship ourselves, a lot of the things that we're praying for and asking about are going to naturally come. And we just have to be faithful to walk that out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking as we were talking earlier, we talk a lot in homeschool circles. We've talked a lot on this podcast about the opportunities that are opened up when we're reading aloud together. We get to see how our children think and how they respond to things. And it opens up such great opportunities for conversation that you've actually focused on a different activity that we can do together that we don't talk an awful lot about, but that still allows us to see how our children think, what they like. It opens opportunities for conversations. I would love for you to share that idea and kind of why you chose that activity to really focus on in this new book that you have. And I believe in your previous one as well. 
Yeah. So I have found that baking creates such a beautiful opportunity to bring all of these things together. And again, it wasn't something where I, you know, just naturally thought like, this is how I'm going to disciple my kids. I just took something that I love, which is baking, not cooking, though cooking works too. I can't cook to save my life. So my husband, bless his heart, he does all of our cooking and I do the baking. But as I was in the kitchen with my kids and we were baking, you know, walls come down when you're in the kitchen because everybody loves to eat, whether you're cooking or baking, everybody loves what you're doing. And you're able to have those conversations more naturally because you're not like sitting across from them and like looking into their soul, right? Like it's just relaxed and they're able to have a conversation as they're mixing things. And then at the end of it, you get this beautiful meal or treat to share together, which again, creates a moment and an opportunity for conversation. And so I had a wonderful agent who, as I was looking at putting a book out, said, you know, I see you love baking and Jesus. Like, how could you combine these things to make something for people? And that was really where the idea was born. And the object lessons that came along with the baking were just completely me saying, Holy Spirit, you know, what do you do? And coming together. And the more that I did it, the more naturally it came together. And I was able to find ways to make those connections for my kids. And so now we spend a lot of time in the kitchen baking and talking about Jesus. And I love to say we're baking Jesus famous. That's my little saying is we're baking Jesus famous. We love to bless our neighbors because, you know, if we ate all the treats that we made, we'd be 500 pounds. So we like to bless neighbors and go to churches and, you know, and just share with the homeless. And so we're able to just connect and see God moving and see how the Bible connects with our day to day life through baking. That's amazing. And I love that little saying, baking Jesus famous. He uses what he puts in your hand. I mean, he's so good and so wise. And we have found through the years, the way that actually baking things and taking it out when you were talking about your neighbors, we've done that taking baskets at different times of year and just going out. It allows us to meet them and to engage with them, to stand at their door and really get to know them. It opens doors. It helps our children see ministering and getting in community with others, it allows them to see that it's better to give than to receive. There's so many good things that come out of that that are all discipleship moments that we just tend to gloss over because we're just doing something that we love. So I really appreciate your drawing our attention to the power of those moments. Yeah, you're right. In our neighborhood, this last Christmas, we gave out, we started with a few, we were going to do our street, but people heard about it and wanted it. So I mean, We made hundreds of treats and took them to all of our neighbors in our new neighborhood. And we were able to minister to people. And, you know, the feedback was just incredible that they felt so blessed. You know, the lonely felt seen. People who didn't know anyone felt like they were connected. And so God takes whatever we're doing, you know, maybe you knit, you know, and that's something that you want to do with your kids. Or maybe you draw or whatever it is, whatever activity or things that you're passionate about, there's a way to connect with your kids and to connect with others through that. And the Lord will use everything he gives us to make an impact around us. Oh, amen. That is so such a good point and such a good reminder to us. Really, really grateful to you for bringing that up. I want you to tell us about, so you've got a new book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, which is adorable, great name. And it's, you take Bible-based creative activities to help your family thrive. They're all built on baking and you've got activities, you've got lessons, object lessons. How does this all come together and what 
I guess, what are some examples of different things that you were able to start incorporating beyond the taking all the things that you've learned by taking out and the community element of that? What are some of the other examples of ways that God has taught you and your kids through the years using some of these same strategies? Yeah, so I just, as I started going through that, I realized that there were so many ways to connect with my kids and especially when they were younger and as they grew, but to help them to see how the stories that they learned about in the Bible actually applied to their daily life. And so Recipes for a Sweet Child, you know, my first book, Dishing Up Devotions, was biblical character building. So it was all about how do we grow as a biblical character as a family. And what I found is that people were so hungry for more parenting help. I had a lot of feedback of, you know, we don't know what to do and our kids are struggling and how can we help them? And so with the counseling background and the ministry background, I really felt a burden to help families more. And so this has 36 of the most common emotional, behavioral, and relational struggles that all of our kids face. You know, when I first started writing the book, I was thinking, oh, I'll use examples from other families and, you know, we'll talk about some of these. But nope, I was able to give an example from my own kids and our own life for all of them because we all literally struggle with them. And so I have such a heart for parents. So the devotions are actually encouragement for parents. It gives them more insight and kind of teaching and help from my background. And then I have a teachable moment. And so those are Bible-based lessons and activities for a quick opportunity to help them say, here's your problem and here's what the Bible says about it. Here's a solution. And in a very tangible way for your kids. And they're broken down too. So some of them will say, you know, if your kids are younger, do this. And if they're older, you can go into this so that you can really do it no matter where you're at in your parenting journey. And then a discussion guide was one of the other things that I incorporated in this book, because people sometimes until you start learning how to ask good questions, it doesn't come naturally for most of us. And so being able to say, okay, I have these questions to cultivate the conversation, that makes it a lot less stressful for us to be able to dive into that. So we've got discussion questions for you related to it. And then because I'm all about fun, we have a fun family activity that actually has nothing to do with baking. So there are a lot of them are just silly, fun activities that you can do to, again, reinforce the issue and let them know that, you know, they're not a bad kid because they're struggling with whatever they're struggling with, that you're all on the same team, that God is going to help you. And so just making those connections. And then they have the baking recipe as an object lesson so that you can have another opportunity to connect and point to a biblical truth and how it relates. And then, of course, enjoy a delicious treat or give it away to someone else. <laughs> well, how did your background in counseling, you know, how did God use that as you were isolating these 36 struggles and really equipping parents as to how to deal with those or how to approach those, even probably how to assess those? Yeah, so I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I had, the education and the time that I spent counseling, because these are struggles that I saw a lot in the real world. And when I first started in counseling, I wasn't doing Christian counseling. And so I was limited in how I was able to help them from that perspective. And so part of the reason that I shifted gears is because I had such a heart to really provide biblical answers and solutions to families. And so this was an opportunity to take those and bring them together of all of the counseling skills, and you'll see them in there, things that I used in the counseling office for how do we do these as kids, but then being able to say, this is how we point them to Jesus, and this is how we effectively disciple. Because I feel like, especially with those struggles, we have to have that connection. If Jesus isn't 
the center of it, then we're not going to be as effective as we should be. So it was really that. And then just parenting, right? Like as we're going through struggles with our kids and trying to find out what works, spending a lot of time in prayer and saying, Jesus, help me, because even though I have this knowledge and background and skills and I've done this for other families, parenting is still hard and each child is unique. And so parenting has not been just like a swimmingly easy thing for us either. You know, we're in the trenches and we're doing it alongside. And so a lot of it is just those practical examples of the struggles and finding out what works and what when those light bulbs come on for our kids. And I think that's really what you find is as we see what's effective and where they find delight and where they're able to apply the things that we're trying to teach them. Those are what ended up in the book as this is what worked. This will help. Yeah, that is fascinating. I was thinking as you were talking, you know, there's a lot people out there either who don't enjoy baking. It's not really part of the rhythm of their family or they don't feel like they have time to. They're just at a, a phase where that would be lovely, but I just that's not happening right now. But honestly, it sounds to me like with the way that you are approaching this and addressing these common emotional, you know, and behavioral and so on, these struggles that are so common that the baking part of it would be a nice to have, but really the meat, the benefit of this resource is well beyond the baking activities. Yes, you're absolutely right. Because it's true. Even as somebody who loves to bake, I don't always have time to bake or I don't always want to bake with my kids. Sometimes I just want to bake it and let them enjoy it. And that is also absolutely okay. You can bake it if it's therapeutic for you like it is for me. You can bake it. And then that little baking buddies conversation connection just gives you kind of a script to say as they're enjoying the treat or as they're doing something. So you can do it. But it is it's meant to be a guide that you can pull out anytime and that you can either, you know, just read the devotion and get your own encouragement and pray for wisdom, or you can look at the family activity or the Bible lesson or the baking, or if it's an ongoing struggle, you can kind of plan those out and do it. I also recommend looking at teaching our kids this before they're in a major struggle. So if our kids already know about anger before they become very angry people, then they've already got the skills to overcome it before it becomes an issue. So this is also a preventative measure to say, this is what the Bible says about these issues that we know you're going to encounter at some point in time. So we're going to give you the solution so you can be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I was going to ask you if there was kind of a prime age to really start addressing these things, because I was thinking very similar to you. You want to get ahead of this stuff. You can use it as weapons when they're in it. But if we can get ahead of it, it's even more impactful because you're saving them from getting deep into something that they don't have the arsenal to combat. Yeah, the ideal age really is kind of that three to four year old, depending on your child, up to about 12 is the ideal age range that it's written for. And then, like I said, there's things in there to be able to say when they're older, you can dive deeper into this. And when they're a bit younger, you know, if you've got younger children, it's great for you to read and be prepared and kind of already know. So that, you know, as your two-year-old starts to struggle, you can pull out the anger one and say, okay, this is cute. We can, you know, everybody loves to play. The floor is lava. That's one of the activities, you know, we're talking about how our anger, if we don't deal with it, like explodes and what that happens, you know, since the Bible says be angry and sin not, we know we're going to have that. So teaching our kids and that also covers emotions because we know anger is actually what we would call in counseling a secondary emotion. So it masks 
some other emotion. I'm angry because I felt betrayed or I'm angry because I felt left out or I'm angry because I felt misunderstood or whatever. And so we're teaching our kids how to actually stop and look at why do I feel angry? Because when we can get to that root, we can uproot it and we can deal with it instead of just dealing with those symptoms. So those are the types of things that you'll find in there is just a lot of simple, practical resources to equip you as a parent. Well, and that's so important. It is critical that we as parents take advantage of the resources that are there to help us get ahead of these things, help us learn how to approach different issues, help us to be aware of things that we may run into down the road. You know, we live in a day and age where there are an awful lot of really, really solid resources available for us. And it's a very good idea to stock your shelves with those because you never know when you're going to really rely on those in the days ahead. Yes, absolutely. So, Katie, we are just about out of time, but I want to make sure that you tell us where we can find you. How can we connect with you? But also, where can we find your books? And with this new one, when is it actually going to be available? When can we get a hold of it? Yeah, so Recipes for a Sweet Child releases August 8th of 2023. So it's available for pre-order everywhere now. So you can go to any online retailer and pre-order your copy. And right now we have a pre-order bonus bundle. So a lot of my homeschool blogging friends have donated their paid products for free for anyone who pre-orders the book. So if you go to my website, which is katiejtrent.com forward slash pre-order, you'll be able to see that you can purchase it and then you can fill that out to get your pre-order bonus bundle. And then it'll be delivered from wherever you ordered it. And then Dishing Up Devotions is available everywhere as well. And I think Amazon has a great sale on it right now. So you can find everything at katiejtrent.com and on social media, it's katiejtrent as well. So I love connecting with other families and encouraging and answering any questions that they have. Well, Katie, I appreciate your sharing your insight and your experience. I think that the way that the Lord has equipped you through what he has had you do through your education and your experience is really, really valuable. And I appreciate your taking the time to hang out with us today. Thank you so much, Leslie. It's been my pleasure. Well, you are welcome. For the rest of you, thank you guys so much for taking the time to hang out with us as well. You know, we talk all the time about how the Great Commission begins at home. This is your ground zero. And these activities, this intentional building of relationships so that you have those moments to disciple, to pass on your faith are so important. And to get resources like what Katie has created that give you insight into struggles that your kids are going to have. I mean, she even noted she thought she would be using other people's examples and they all came from her family because these are things that are so commonplace. Probably every single person is going to struggle with these. So I think you'll be amazed at not only how it helps you disciple your children, but the insight that it gives you into your spouse, into yourself, into how you deal with these struggles personally as well. So I encourage you, go check out what Katie's got to offer. You will not be disappointed. So have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. 
We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. 